as an entrepreneur, like you continually grow and you evolve and you put a piece here and then you free up space to think. Your greatest asset as an entrepreneur is the ability to think. And if you have too many things going on, you're going to dilute that ability. And if you just have great people that cover the product aspect for you, the sales, the marketing, whatever your business entails, if you have great folks around you, it'll help. The most common cause of bad customer experience isn't that high tech. It's embarrassingly simple. Yep, it's answering questions. In e-commerce, it's really easy to get bogged down with common questions, whether that's, where's my package? How do I return or exchange this item? Or just to cancel a subscription? SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that enhances the customer experience with visual formats and self-serve technology to empower your customers to handle their own support requests. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. Welcome to Fintech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid. Evan, thank you for joining us today on the show. Thank you for having me. So I want to do a quick overview of Kitty Credit because I found it quite interesting. It's a mobile app that is a financial literacy tool for children that their parents work along the side with them to encourage them for the good financial habits. And you are the serial entrepreneur. I did, when I was doing the research, I was looking at it, I'm like, so this guy just keeps building and building. And not only do you build, but you're also a mentor to, to kids, to startups, a whole bunch of things in that area. And you also are the co-founder, and I'm gonna read this so I don't say it wrong, of Black Men Talk Tech, which is an entrepreneurship collective that promotes collaboration between black men and other members of the tech ecosystem. Now, after reading all that, I sit here and I'm wondering like, okay, so with all of the things, seeing all these startups, you're in Miami, so you get to see all the really cool stuff's coming on. Why did you choose FinTech? And how did you fall into deciding to do what you're doing with Kitty Credit? It was a natural evolution for me. You talk about starting many businesses. This was the thing I always wanted to do. And just falling into fintech was something that I learned along the way. Came from a problem. I had messed up credit at 18. What happened to me, I didn't want to have happen to anybody else. So that was what led to starting Kitty Credit in the first place. And then as you start to evolve and say, hey, how can we more effectively teach upon this mission and make sure that they're actually understanding it. And in order to do that, we're talking about finance. You have to really like at some point integrate fintech into what you're doing. So it's just, it's been a learning journey ever <laughs> since these past couple of years. So what was that? You, you mentioned at 18, mm-hmm. not, not having the best credit. Mm-hmm. What was the motivation to go even further down earlier into the cycle with children, with kitty credit? Because I realized the first conversation a lot of people have around money is too late. You, a lot of families, a lot of individuals, they don't understand how important credit is until they're trying to do something for the first time. You're trying to buy a home, you're trying Mm -hmm. to buy a car, you're trying to apply for a loan to start a business. And then they pull this number 
and you realize how much weight it has on you. And you're like, man, I didn't even really understand this. When I started to really dive into this topic, I saw that studies show that you start to form your habits around money between the ages of seven and nine. So mm. even though we're making steps in the right direction now, like with mandatory personal finance classes in high school, like you still already have some habits around the way that you use your money. They're already developed. So I was like, how do we do this earlier in a way that it's effective? And I just found the common denominator to change habits being around chores. How would you define, for the audience, how would you define the mission of Kitty Credit? I touched on it, but <laughs> I'd love for you in your own words to really dive into what the mission is. I would say our overarching statement is building a financially free future for all because we're starting it at, at kids. That and could then, be a tongue twister, man. <laughs> There's a lot of tongue twisters in this <laughs> Kitty Credit and Black Men Talk. It's funny you talk about Black Men Talk Tech. Sometimes I get Black Men Tech Talk It's stuff. We didn't expect it to be a tongue twister when we created it, but no, it's, it's really about early childhood education around the concepts of finance, in particular credit. If you understand it efficiently, it's a tool, but if you don't understand it at all, it can be a detriment to you that you can set you back seven, 10 years, depending on how bad it got. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we look at all these different data points that you're leveraging and all that fun stuff. When you started the journey with Kitty Credit, what have you learned about fintech from when you originally had the idea to where it's at today? What was, was like, what's the biggest learning you've had about fintech? And just how many components of finance there are. It's not just to the everyday consumer like me a couple years ago, right? It's like you, you have a bank account or you have a credit card and you spend or you earn. Right? Like it's just very simple components. You weren't thinking about like the transmission of the payments, like where are like interchanges coming from and how are these things split and who's owning different parts of this entire ecosystem. And then how many compliance things you have to take into account for, how many regulation pieces there are. So it was just a lot to really dive into. And we really got our first kind of crash course in fintech last year. We attended the uh, this is accelerator called Falls Fintech, which was ran by Central Payments. Yeah, no, I know that crew very well. Yeah, yeah, good folks there. So recently there's been a lot of talk about the tightening of lending and the slowing of the economy. And even though I doubt you've got a hot tub time machine or a crystal ball to look into, I'm assuming that you can see there's some opportunities for kitty credit as all of this comes along. Can you look ahead about five years and s explain where you see kitty credit really playing in the personal finance space? Yeah. So I've always seen what we're building with kitty credit as phase one of our journey, right? So we're aware teens aren't going to use something named kitty, right? And, and that was by design, right? So we figure out how do we what is the evolution of our product? So we have some things in our roadmap for that. But I would just say in terms of credit space as a whole, right? We're not, we're not building this so that you instinctively un understand a FICO or a Vantage score at nine. We're just trying to shape habits, right? And those habits are agnostic to wherever we go in credit, 
right? You understand the missed chores like a missed payment. The longer you've had a chores like the longer you've had a credit card. These are instilling positive habits that will hmm. hold true wherever we go in, in the world of credit. With that perspective, how is Kitty Credit positioned to lead in that financial literacy tool ecosystem mm -hmm. and delivering these very, and I'm not meaning to put words in your mouth, but a very gamified experience. Yeah. How are you? How are you working to continue to lead in that space? It's important that you. I'm glad you used the word gamify because that's important when you're talking about the demographic we're trying to reach. You can't just. I see there's attempts at financial literacy sometimes where you just throw lessons in an eight year old or eleven year old's face, and you have to earn the right for them to even want to be able to do that in the first <laughs> place. So, like our design is basically saying we're doing this through chores first, right? You earn these rewards, which are called bamboo bucks. But then now we've created a tangible reward that this kid can attain and they go, I want to get this faster. I've done all my chores for the week. What can I do? Now, just, just at that point, not before, we've now developed the opportunity to teach you to say, okay, if you want to earn access to your bamboo bucks faster, you can learn about some stuff. So we've developed over 200 hours of educational content that meets multiple national financial literacy standards. Mm. And we segment it into different age groups. So if you're between four to seven, our mascot's a panda, you're a cub, right? And then there if you're you between eight and 12, you're a panda. And then as we start to think beyond the teens, it'd be like a giant panda, et cetera. But making sure that that content is relevant to your age group. If you're trying to teach the same thing to a five-year-old as a nine-year-old, you're going to miss the mark. Same thing if you're trying to teach same thing to an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old. You got to meet them where they're at, and you also have to create a desire for them to want to learn in the first place. So during your panel the other day, there was a comment that was made that was relatively new to me, and I don't know if you mentioned it or somebody else mentioned it, but it was something about money scripts. And I'm curious, and if you would just help me out here, yeah. what are money scripts yep. and which are the most detrimental and why? Yeah, so the money scripts, there's four of them. The author, Brad, who really coined this term, said, I think there's money avoidance, there's, there's money worship, there's money vigilance and forgive me because I forgot the fourth, but vigilance is the most healthy one. It's essentially saying you take your money seriously. You're not like avoidance is I'm not going to have a conversation about this at all. I just, it's, it's too stressful. It's too much. And if you start to have a conversation with kids about money early, so they see it as a tool and something that they can take seriously, it, you're really setting them up for success. Like you, it, for me as a kid, I grew up with a single mom. My mom was a flight attendant, so she worked many days out of the week. So a lot of times I was fending for myself. And I understood the value of money because I saw how hard she worked yeah. to get it. I still didn't make the greatest decisions, though, but I understood <laughs> the value of it. And uh, so I was, I, the moment that I could do anything to earn extra money, I would. I got excited for snow days for different reasons. I wasn't like, oh, I can go out on a sled. I was like, take out a paper, take out a pen, write your name and number on there and put it on every single windshield in the parking lot. And tell people you shovel their snow for twenty dollars. So that was like my that was my thing. I've always seen it as a tool to help me get the things that I 
I want. So I, I have strong wants. So I think I just there's a money status. There's money status. Those ones. This is money status and money worship. So I knew you'd grab it. Yeah, yeah, just give me some time. <laughs> Jet lag. I'm, I'm usually on Florida time. But yeah, so that was uh, that's always been there. But I've, I've always understood the importance of earning money to get the things that you want. So I want to dot. You mentioned that vigilance mm-hmm. is the most beneficial, it's healthy out of the four. Like the, the the author coins that to be the most healthy of the four. It's like you're saying you're taking it. You don't worship it, right? You don't see. You don't define your self worth to money. You, you don't avoid it. Like you, you actually you take it seriously and you say, hey. We have money here. We have $100 or we have $100,000 or $100 million, right? Whatever the case may be. I'd love to be the third. And then, you, <laughs> and then you figure out essentially like, how do I use this in a way that's going to better me like in the current state and then also in the future? And then also depending on who else you're responsible for, how can you also put them in positions to win? The most common cause of bad customer experience isn't that high tech. It's embarrassingly simple. Yup, it's answering questions. In e-commerce, it's really easy to get bogged down with common questions, whether that's where's my package, how do I return or exchange this item, or just to cancel a subscription. SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that enhances the customer experience with visual formats and self-serve technology to empower your customers to handle their own support requests. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. So, as you can imagine, most people don't start out in that vigilant state. How would you see someone flipping the script into being vigilant versus one of the other three? I would say the unfortunate thing in most cases is it typically takes an event that causes like a seismic shift, right? Like you had a car was repossessed. You had a home. The home was foreclosed. You were married. You went through a divorce. You had health complications. Many different things happen to folks where it just, it sets you back from what was your financial norm. Mm -hmm. And you you have these moments where you, they don't happen all the time, right? It's career things too, right? You lose a job and you're like, man, I could use this moment to just go back into something that I may not want to do, or I could use this to actually take control of the rest of my life. And I think that same thing happens with your finances, right? So hopefully for most people, it doesn't have to be that. But from what I've seen is there's typically some moment that causes this drastic change in their financial behavior. What was yours? That's a great question because it's still changing. <laughs> like I would say it, it became a greater sense of responsibility, right? Married now, I have a business that has employees I'm responsible for and you just get older. So I wouldn't say mine was this seismic shift, but I, I had things happen in my twenties, right? Like I, I had a car that was repossessed, right? I learned the hard way about things that happened in my credit and those things I would never let happen again. So I would, I would say it was just, you start to develop a sense of responsibility of what you need to do and make sure that you don't put yourself 
in the pitfalls to not only at this point endanger myself, but endanger those like around me. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier a little bit of jet lag. We are here at the money MX's money experience summit 2022. We're at snowbird here in Utah, which is freaking gorgeous. It is amazing by the way. (laughs) What do you hope that the attendees from this event and even more specifically to the panel that you were on around changing money norms and identifying biases, what was it you're hoping that they would take away from that discussion? One, bias recognition, right? Savvy documentary was amazing and it really just talks about like how much injustice women have went through when it comes to finance in this country, right? Like the fact that you had to have your husband as an authorized user up until the 60s or 70s is insane. So that first, right? And then, so like looking at it from a macro level, I think from a micro level and understanding how people internalize the conversation, just start having a family conversation around money. I think one thing I was talking about for me, it's... You have to think larger about money and not just how about if, how it affects you individually, but like those around you. You're talking about wills and things of that nature. You mentioned something. It was yeah. really, so you mentioned like life insurance while you're sitting up there. Is super important, yeah. And, and it was interesting because I even talked to my wife about this. So she's here helping. And it was interesting because you made the comment of make sure you check all the right boxes mm-hmm. kind of help us understand where did that piece come from yeah it, it was a real moment for me startup founder our lives are crazy but last year my dad fell ill and mm-hmm. uh, he had a condition it wasn't a condition that you would that would kill you per se but he ended up like out of the blue earlier this year passing away oh no and uh, in my situation, it was a little easier. He was not married. Yeah, I had a fiance who was absolutely amazing, but I was the only child. So like that whole probate process was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But if you have siblings in different places and then, you know, you have a, you're technically like still married, you're not divorced, like those things can get very choppy. So if you don't have a whole like secession plan and will and all that those things set up you can make it very difficult for folks it was difficult for me and it was and it was relatively easy in comparison setting up life insurance don't think just about the now think about the future and think about removing yourself from the equation and saying hey if i was no longer to be here tomorrow what would continue without issue and what would abruptly stop without mm-hmm. a true secession plan so yeah it was a big lesson I learned this year. Well, sorry to hear about your loss. He was a great individual. We're coming towards the end of our time together. You and I could probably talk for a long time about all these different things. If you were to give fintech founders that one piece of advice on how to build a successful company, and I know you spent a lot of time mentoring startups. I'm really curious to understand, what would that one piece of advice be? especially in fintech stay the dumbest person in the room <laughs> i love it yeah <laughs> you want to give a little bit of extra like, background so, to mean, that? the that's 
a reverse conversation of the Henry Ford quote of I always hire people smarter than me, but it's basically like you want to find advisors, you want to find mentors, you want to make key hires, key contractors, people that just have domain expertise and are great at what they do, right? So as an entrepreneur, like you continually grow and you evolve, you put a piece here and then you free up space to think, right? Like your greatest asset as an entrepreneur is the ability to think. And if you have too many things going on, you're going to dilute that ability. And if you just have great people that cover the product aspect for you, the sales, the marketing, development, right? Like compliance, whatever your business entails, if you have great folks around you, it'll help your learning curve greatly. Like it took me like two years because I was, I was a non-technical founder. I was coming into the tech world with this just like small business mindset, right? Like I had a cleaning business that I sold. I was one of the original Airbnb hosts and and. and Miami, but like all these things were very mom and pop type of concepts, right? So just even like minuscule terms when it came to fundraising, like I, I didn't know what a safe was, right? When it came to product development, I didn't know what an MVP was, right? So I learned these things and like, man, if I would just had the right people around me, like immediately, and talking about instead of a 24 month learning curve, that's something that you handle in two to four days. Oh yeah advisors, mentors, and just keeping smart people around you. So with that being said, having smart people and and great partners with you, can you tell me what working with MX has meant for you and your team? Yeah. I'm a mission type of guy, right? So like when when I relate to people or companies, right, I try to see some of the things that they were they're working on and I just liked MX's approach not just towards like funds verification but also like just overall financial wellness and the more I started to dive into the product and understand like how much more robust we can make it for things that we have coming in the future mm-hmm. you know it was just a it was a natural alignment so and you guys will have a very cool summit so it's just it's adding to the cake <laughs> you know, it has been a lot of fun to to participate in it as well when we've talked about so much stuff, gone all over the place. Is there anything that you wanted to make sure that you were able to express or discuss that maybe I haven't covered today? No, I could do the shameless plug things and tell you to download Kitty Credit, <laughs> or if you're in Miami, go to Black Men Talk Tech October 20th and 21st of this year. But nah, man, this has been cool. No. We'll go ahead and put the links to Kitty Credit into the show notes and all of the descriptions and everything. We'll also get the link to the podcast because I think you got two podcasts going, one for Kitty Credit, one for Black Men Talk Tech. We'll get the links and everything pulled together for you. Man, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and go through this. This is something that I wish I would have had when my kids were little. They're not little anymore. Um <laughs> But it also gives me a little sense that uh, I may have done a few things right. From our conversations outside of this, man, you definitely have, man. So 
kudos to you. I appreciate it. Evan, thanks again, man, and yes. safe trip home. Thank you, man. Support provided by SolvePath in e-commerce. It's really easy to get bogged down with basic support inquiries. Whether that's where is my package, how do I return or exchange this item, or just to cancel a subscription. SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that uses a visual format and self-serve technology to quickly and effectively resolve issues, resulting in satisfying support experiences for customers. Customize a visual support experience for your e-commerce brands and increase your overall performance, enhance the customer experience, and drastically reduce support costs. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. This has been a production of Diamond D3 Media, with all rights reserved. This is provided for informational purposes only. It is not offered or intended to be used as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. We strive to provide accurate and up-to-date information, but will not be responsible for any missing facts or inaccurate information. You comply and understand that you should use any of this information at your own risk. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile financial assets, so research and make your own financial decisions.